Good morning, everybody. <laughs> um, this is really weird. <laughs> so what I've noticed is that a lot more of you signed up than showed up. So I'm talking to you. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you signed up to be here, we miss you. You should be here. It's better here. It's better here than in your living room. Maybe, maybe not. There's probably cinnamon rolls and coffee. Here's what I want you to do. Everybody stand up and move up. <laughs> Come on, it's a new day. It's a new day. There's no back row Baptist today. I need you to scoot up. I want to see your pretty faces. Well, I'll see the guys too. <laughs> I only have two things I want to say to you today. Um, this is a judgment-free zone. Thank you guys for moving up. This is a judgment-free zone, but today it is also a sermon-free zone. Okay. Is this thing on? Rough crowd. <laughs> I promised um, Amanda, since we would have kids in here, and I promised Big Ralph, since he's working on the new YouTube thing, that I would not teach my normal 20-minute lesson, 30-minute lesson, 40, is it 40? I don't know how long it goes, but it's usually pretty long, but it won't be. In fact, I only have two things I want to say to you today. Two things, Beth, if you'll put them on the screen. Number one, thank you. And number two, keep your church out of this building. That's all I want to say to you today. Number one, thank you. I want to say thank you for your generosity, your faithfulness in giving. Now, Anne is here and she can testify. Normally, for the last 16 years, March and April come around, and it's spring break and people are making plans to go do stuff. And um, our budget goes, and we're, we're wondering if we can pay the bills in March, April, May, June, July. And then fall comes and we get you know, money coming back in and we get to pay the bills and pay our staff. It's fun. But did you know that in March and April that you exceeded our budget? Your giving exceeded budget. Has that ever happened? <laughs> I don't know that that has ever happened in March and April. But in a time when you should have been like keeping and hoarding you were giving, and I just want to say thank you to that. It's so important. It's so beautiful when you give. All the things we were able to do in our community um, these last eight weeks was because of your faithfulness in giving, and you're a blessing. Everything you saw in that video was a blessing. Um, one of our core values is that blessed people bless people, and I want to thank you for blessing people. I want to say thank you for serving um, oh, almost 40 of you recorded a daily Devo that went out to our, our whole church and on the Facebooks. Man, those were good. Those were so encouraging to me. I was encouraged every time one of you did one. I want to say thank you for that. I want to say thank you to our worship leaders who had to come on Monday nights and Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights, changed every week, and uh, had to stand up here in front of nobody and just practice and Put it on camera, and if you don't know, Clint, our drummer, he, he works those guys hard. He, he, he doesn't settle for less than the best, and I just want to say thanks to all of them for all their hard work. Thank you, those of you that uh, went out of your way to check on your neighbor, check on your family, check on your loved ones. Um, it's so important. Um, we got to see that in action. Thank you to all of you. Several of you came up here and pulled weeds. You cleaned up. You did so many things to help us keep our facility uh, just alive over the last eight weeks, and we don't say thank you for that. And there have been hundreds and hundreds of phone calls and texts just uh, checking on people and making sure everybody was okay. So thank you for serving. 
Third, I want to say thank you for not complaining. <laughs> this might not seem significant to you, but to any leader, when people don't complain, it is like a breath of fresh air. For eight weeks, not one of us, I don't think, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but for eight weeks, not one of us got a complaint email, phone call, text, or face-to-face -face conversation. That is so weird <laughs> and so encouraging. Um, I, I know for me personally, I have never felt more encouraged as a pastor than I have these last eight weeks because not only did you not complain, you did the opposite. You were encouraging. Some of you just went out of your way to be encouraging and that is so, so valuable. And your acts, your words, your hot fudge sundaes, your cookies and cakes and salsa, and everything that came our way just is so encouraging. And we just want to say thank you. I also want to say thank you for your trust. We, we, we know that as a church, you trust your leaders to do what we believe God is asking us to do. And we never, ever, 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 ever want to take that for granted. And so we just want to say thank you for trusting us to make weird and difficult decisions during a weird and difficult time. Um, we try to do the best we can, and uh, we just thank you for your trust. And finally, I want to say thank you for being the church. I was going over some notes. On January 6, 2019, so a little over a year ago, we taught a four-week series. The, the, the title of the series was Stop Going to church. Isn't that interesting? A little over a year ago for four weeks. How many of you are here in January 2019? So most of you heard these messages. Four messages. Stop going to church. And I asked you every week to imagine one thing. I asked you, the bottom line for the whole series was, imagine if church could be more than sitting in a row for one hour a week. Isn't that interesting? A year ago, we sat in these rows for an hour a week, and we, we learned some lessons from the scripture, and we, we started to think and dream and imagine what would it look like if church could be more than coming in here once a week and sitting in a row. Not having any idea that a little over a year later, that's exactly what would happen. That we were not allowed to come in here for an hour a week and have church. We had to be the church for eight weeks, and um, I like it better. <laughs> for eight weeks, the church had to operate outside of this building, and it was beautiful. It was hard. I've never worked harder in my entire life, and I know our staff hasn't either. It's been hard, but it's been beautiful. So what I want to say to you, other than thank you, is please, for the love of God, if you love your mama, if you love Jesus, please keep the church out of this building. Please. Please don't reduce church to what we do in here ever again. We want things to go back to normal, but I don't ever want to be back to business as usual, where, where we think the most important thing that happens at church happens in this building on Sunday. The most important thing this church will ever do will not happen in this building. The most important thing this church will ever do will not be live streamed from this building. 
The most important thing this church will ever do will happen outside of those doors. The most important thing this church will ever do will happen when we don't reduce church to this moment on Sunday, but when we let ourselves scatter out there in our neighborhoods, our homes, our community, and we're the church out there. That's the most important thing the church can do. Now, being able to gather here in our building with you to worship together is critical. I mean, it is a vital, important thing that we gather together for fellowship and for worship. It's a scriptural model, and it's important. Have you missed that? Gosh, I've missed that. I have missed just standing next to somebody other than Mike or Keith and singing some worship songs. I've missed, you know, just seeing people worship. I've missed seeing the fellowship that happens. I missed it a lot. It's a critical, critical component of our faith that we gather together to worship, but it is not the most important thing. It's important, but it's not the most important thing. Our best ministry must happen outside those doors. We've seen it. We know we can do it. That's where lives are changed. That's where Jesus needs to be seen. That's where Jesus has called to go. And that's what Jesus has asked us to do. So I want to ask you, church, please don't bring your church in here. Be the church out there. Keep the church out of the building. Could you do me a favor? You see that? Can we read that out loud together? Let's go. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equal to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You don't need a building to do any of that. If this building gets wiped out today, we can still do that. Your home needs you to do that. Your neighborhood needs you to do that. The place where you work needs you to do that. The places where you shop, they need you to do that. That is best carried out outside our doors. Could you indulge me one more time? Can we read this one out loud together? Can y'all see that? Let me move over here. Let's read it out loud. Jesus said... Sorry, Ralph. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You don't need a building to do that. The best place to do that is outside of this building. If this building gets leveled today, we can all still do that. Your home needs you to do that. Your neighborhood needs you to do that. The places where you work need you to do that. The places where you shop need you to do that. We don't need a building to be the church. I don't want us to bring the church back into the building. I don't want us to settle into our comfy chairs Breathe a big sigh of relief and say, Woo! Glad that's over. Let's not do that. Let's not bring the church back in here and just relax and think this is the best thing the church will ever do because it's not. Please don't believe or behave 
like gathering as the church is more important or significant than scattering as the church. They are both important. Please don't stop being generous. Please don't stop serving. Please don't stop being encouraging. Please don't stop being church where you go. One day, Jesus and his boys marched to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Might not mean much to us, but it was a very significant thing for them to go to Caesarea Philippi. It was the heart and center of pagan worship of a god named Pan, and they believed literally that the entrance to hell was in Caesarea Philippi. When Jesus got there, he said to his disciples, hey, who do the people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say I am? So Peter answered. And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So Jesus replied to Peter, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. So now I say to you, I'm changing your name from Simon to Peter, which means little rock, like a skipping rock, a rock that you would throw, a rock that you would put in a slingshot and send out. That's what I'm going to call you. And then Jesus turned the attention to himself and he said, and on this rock, speaking of himself, I will build my church and the power of hell will never conquer it. There is no governor and no government that can stop the church. There is no power or principality that can stop the church. Whether we gather in here or not, nothing can stop us from being the church because it is Jesus who builds his church. He ends the conversation with this, and this is where I'll end this pseudo-message. Jesus says, and not only will no one be able to stop the church, but I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. In other words, you as the church have been given a lot of authority. Jesus gave his church a lot of authority. And that's because the church exists for one reason. The church exists for one reason and one reason only. It's not to have nice buildings. It's not to make us feel good about ourselves. It's not to have beautiful, cushy, comfy chairs. I love our chairs. It's not about a tradition. The church doesn't exist to perpetuate a tradition. The church doesn't exist to extend some kind of religious thing on the world. You know why the church exists? One reason, to fulfill the mission of Jesus, the end. Nothing more and nothing less. That's why the church exists, to take the mission of Jesus and fulfill it. That's why he gave us that authority. The mission of Jesus, love and serve the world. We don't need a building to fulfill the mission of Jesus. We just need a heart to follow him and do what he says. So our worship band is going to come back out. 
we're going to uh, celebrate. We're going to sing a few songs together. I'm excited about that. If you're a guest this morning, so glad you're here. I want you to know, uh, all of you, above all things, Jesus loves you. And Jesus is for you. If a person is willing to die for you, they are always for you. Jesus loves you and Jesus is for you. And if you'd like to make a commitment to Jesus today, we would love for you to do that. We're going to sing because we like to sing as a response to what God has said and what God has done. And I pray that this would be a moment of celebration for you as our band leads us. I pray that you would worship. I pray that you would let the words that we're about to hear and sing just sink into your heart and then flow out of your mouth as a response to how much you love this Jesus that we serve. So I want us to pray together. Could you stand with me, church? Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that you are here. Thank you for your promise that whenever two or three gather in your name, you're right there, right in the middle of it all. We know you're here. We know you're here with us. We know you've been with us through all this weirdness, and we know you'll be with us in whatever's next. Jesus, may we never, ever settle for normal or business as usual when you want something bigger and better for us. May we never, ever again mistake church for a place. May we never, ever again prioritize gathering over scattering. May we do our level best to fulfill your mission, to love and serve our neighbors, to love and serve our neighborhood, to love and serve the people we work with, to love and serve this town, to love and serve this state. Show us, God, our opportunities that we have to step in and be your hands and feet. Show us and help us to take advantage of the opportunities that you give us to love and to serve. And now, God, my prayer is that as we sing, as we worship, that you'd be happy with us. That we would not only just sense your presence, but that we would rejoice in your presence. That we would honor you with the way we worship. We would honor you with the songs we sing. We would honor you with our hearts. That you would look down on this little building and these, these people that have gathered today and you would just be happy in the way we worship you the way we love each other, and the way we serve. Jesus, I know you want to do something new. I know that's, that's why you allowed the last two months. You allowed it because you want to use it, and I know you want to do something new and powerful. Use us, God, in whatever way you see fit. We want to bring you glory. We want to make you happy. We want people to know who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.